The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. What's up, y'all? I'm Bud Elliott. That's Jordan Maiden. That's Danny Cannell. That's our guest, Chris Hummer, in the top right and bottom left is Crosstown Cup winner, Tom Fernelli. <laughs> this is the Cover 3 Podcast. Chip is still uh, unfortunately detained and uh, hashtag free chip. Free chip. Uh, but the show must go on. Really appreciate everybody joining us live here on this Thursday morning. Uh, and today we're going to talk a little transfer portal. We've got, got Chris Hummer, all things portal, Jordan Maiden helping us on the back end with the portal as well. Also usually produces the show. Looking sharp today. Look, look, at, look at this collared shirt, man. I mean, that's... <laughs> Our, our listeners and viewers don't normally get to see Jordan, you know, behind the scenes at home in the studio. Now we've got him all dressed up. He's looking like a, he's became a man today. I'm just happy you guys let me be here. <laughs> let him have a voice. Let him out. Let's go. Free he's Jordan. The, he's the anti-Coca in that Coca would kill us if we dared put him on the screen. But Jordan, he's been fighting to get on there the whole time. <laughs> Scratching and clawing. Oh, man. So... Today, Transfer Portal Show. Um, the reason why we're doing it today is because the deadline to jump in the portal, or at least to have your paperwork in, uh, was this week. And I guess, Hummer, I'll start with this. Probably should meet my phone. You know, just peer into that. But uh, oh, Mother's Day tea at the preschool went well. So if you guys it's were curious hear. about that, it's a professional quality broadcast here. <laughs> That's what happens when you let the producer also be on the show at the same time. We don't get the, hey, mute your phones check. Um, so Hummer, are we expecting anybody else to jump in at this point? Like the deadline is, is dead, right? It's done. Yeah, it's we're past it. We saw people trickle in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because compliance can be slow sometimes. Uh, once they submit their name ahead of the May first deadline, so you just have to be in there. Eleven fifty nine on Sunday night. If you put your name in for the paperwork, you were good. Uh, but there was going to be a trickle after. We even saw a couple this morning. I don't know if they made the deadline or not, but. Right now, we're at, I think, 2,888 FBS players in the portal, and I don't anticipate seeing many more players in the portal before August 1st when the portal will switch over again. But I, I do still think we'll see a couple, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
so I, I don't know if the NCAA gives us this data, but that that number strikes me as really large. Two thousand eight hundred eighty-eight is is a ton of, of players. Just quick in my head math that that seems like a, a huge portion of uh, of players in the sport. Do we know if those are all scholarship players, or does that number also include walk-ons? Yeah, so that'd be twenty-two per FBS team if it was just in general. So that's a lot, but a lot of it is walk-ons, man. Like there's a ton of walk-ons in the portal. I would say overall, like. 1,800 to 2,000 scholarship players. So pretty significant numbers. So you're talking about like on average, like 15 players per school, maybe a little less. Um, how much, how much different from last year? What type of increase? Cause I think that, and, and I think like, what's the trend? Because I think that's been something that coach has been alarmed by. And then of course, with the free, you know, transfer policy without having to sit out a year, you would expect an increase. Just how big has it been? It wasn't a huge increase from last year. So last year, everybody was anticipating that the one-time transfer exemption would come through. I believe it passed in like April. So by that time, most players already entered the portal and like with the knowledge they were going to get the year anyway. So I think we were around like 2650 last year. So you're only talking about another 200 or so kids this cycle. And I think the difference is when you look at the first two years of the transfer portal when the one-time exemption wasn't in place, we're talking maybe like 1500, 1400 kids per cycle. So like almost double what we saw the first year of the portal, basically, is what we're looking at right now. Hummer, do we know how many of the guys in the portal today are super seniors? I mean, as we know, the NCAA granted everybody an extra year of eligibility, but the schools were like, we don't really want to pay for this, so we're going to get back down to the 85. Do we have any way of knowing? Like, are, are, Have you noticed any trends with that? Um, I don't know the number offhand. I would say a decent number. Like I, when I, when we change the profiles in 24 seven sports, I always raise my eyebrow and I see like a 2017 and 2016 still in there. And there have been several of those. There's going to be a lot, of, there's going to be quite a few, like 24, 25, 26 year olds playing college football this year. And even older in a lot of cases because of that. Um, the bears will draft them next year. Yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta get your value. <laughs> Did you guys take a lot of old dudes, Tom? Uh, they took Vallis Jones, who I think is 24. They took Doug yes, Kramer, I believe, is 23. I'm I'm fine with the picks. I just they were getting made fun of for drafting old guys. But it's like there's a lot more old guys in the draft this year because of what happened. Yeah, um, and I, I anticipate we'll continue to see old guys because they're they're sticking around in college football. I'm I just what was that. the uh, what we're was calling 24 year olds old now. I love that, by the way. <laughs> These geezers. <laughs> Those of us who are almost 40 are. Yeah. 24-year-olds are pre-Gen Z, I think. So they technically are old. So are they like, wait, so they're pre-Gen Z? I think so. I think 24 and 25 still is a millennial. I might be wrong, and that is not my area of expertise, but I did write about that last year, and I think that's around the cutoff. It was like the sophomores and freshmen in college football during the pandemic were Gen Z, and everybody else was a millennial still. I saw I saw like a tweet or something yesterday that was basically calling people my age like geriatric millennials, and I was pretty triggered by that. So that's how I feel when people call me millennial, though. Like yeah. I feel pretty geriatric. Uh, <laughs> Hummer, all right. To be somewhat related to the transfer portal, uh, you mentioned the, the the guys who were freshmen and sophomores during COVID. I, I remember thinking. Gosh, with the portal opening up, we're going to have a lot of this class of 2021 recruits jump in because they never had a chance to actually take visits and be recruited in the same way that you know, everybody else has been who went through the process. In, in changing all these profiles around, and, and Jordan, I know you helped with this as well, 
are you guys seeing a lot of uh 2021 high school recruiting class in relative to the other classes yeah and and yeah definitely i mean the number one overall player in the country for 2021 i guess 2022 is in the portal when but or in 2021 because we moved him so that is the best example possible but yeah we're we're seeing a lot of 2021's move caleb williams already left i'm just looking at the guys at the top of the class and we've seen a ton of examples of that and i think that's because of the unsteadiness of that recruiting cycle they weren't able to visit schools they weren't able to really talk with the coaches in per in person and when you couple that with like maybe a little bit of questions about where you sit on the depth chart, how you get along with these coaches and you've got tampering going on. I think it's created an environment where we're seeing a ton of underclassmen move in a way we probably haven't seen before. Before we get into some of these names, um, we had a couple questions in the chat a couple shows ago that were saying that grad transfers don't have to be in by the deadline. Is that, is that true? Can you clarify for that for us? So I actually, I talked to a lot of player personnel people and compliance people to get this question answered because I got mixed answers. Originally, a couple of people I thought to thought, thought grad transfers had an exception, like they were able to enter later, but they actually follow the same rules. They just have the advantage of using the old grad transfer waiver that was part yeah. of college athletics. So they're very likely to be eligible when they enter the portal post May 1st, but they do follow the same rules. They have to apply for a waiver if you're in May 1st, if you're a grad transfer. It's just much more likely to be granted than somebody applying for a waiver because of a sick family member or something like that. And that waiver is essentially you just pick a, a grad program at your new school that your old school doesn't offer. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. I remember the, the corner, the corner that Florida got in 06 from Utah, Ryan, anybody guys remember this? Like they, Urban Meyer was the first one to use like the grad transfer thing. They, they picked up yeah. a corner. Um, I remember he picked a major that Utah didn't offer. And so they're like, Oh, eligible um but th yeah that was always my favorite part of the grad transfer rule though where it has to be the school doesn't have the major that you're looking for or you're transferring to because even after you've graduated which is supposed to be the goal of you being there they're still like no you can't go unless you're doing something different like once you graduated you're still ours and forget building on the degree you just spent four years working on uh, mm -hmm. something totally different. yeah yeah it's like that was great four years now go do something else with your life <laughs> do you think we see this trend slow down because of the one like a lot of these guys might change their mind you know again but they've already used the free pass do you think we see it kind of rain back a little bit or do you think this is just where we are uh, eventually i know i'm sure y'all i know bud has talked about this quite a bit i think when we'll really see this slow down is 2024 when the super seniors phase out because even though a lot of people have already used the one-time exemption, we already have another class coming in that hasn't used it yet. And I, I will say some of those, these underclassmen classes are smaller overall than some of the older ones that we're seeing just simply because less high school kids were taken. So in that way, it'll shrink a bit, but I don't think we'll see a seismic shift in the amount of players entering the portal until that super senior group expires because there's just so many extra players out there that can't fit under that 85 cap. And actually, like, I know we're going to get into this in a little bit with the NCAA considering lifting the 25 player cap per cycle and allowing teams to get up to 85. They're going to be even more spots for players to tr switch teams in the transfer portal because teams will have more room to add more people. So I think we're going to see a significant number of players in the portal, at least through 2024. I think it makes I wonder, a lot of sense. I was, I, I was going to say, I wonder if we're going to see like the numbers kind of stay where they are even after 2024, because I don't know if we want to get into it now, I could wait, but like you were just talking about with the idea that 
there's going to be a possibility of classes where there's not 25 player caps. And just because of the transfer portal, we're going to allow it to be, it's not as many players in the class as much as it's, you can have 85 scholarships. However many you do per year, you do per year. I wonder if we're going to see, you know, maybe some uh, nefarious actions with that, whereas it's more players being pushed into the portal because of that, because coaches want to bring in newer freshmen and new bigger classes because of it, which could lead to the same influx of transfers that we've seen just maybe for a little bit more non non opted just kind of pushed that way man i mean chip goes to jail tom hosts a couple times he's just nailing these segues you got planned out like so that's what i wanted to ask about i I re-listened to the show that we had hummer on from three months ago uh, talking about sort of the post uh you know postseason wave of transfers and we were talking about a lot of the quality of the players we've seen a huge wave of guys jumping into the portal in the last couple weeks but Am I wrong to think that the actual quality of this is maybe not quite as good? It, it, is this wave more about dudes getting told, hey, uh, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here? Yeah, guys like Jordan Addison steal the headlines, but I think we had 400 players in the last week go in the portal, and I would say maybe 25 of those 400 are going to be quality Power 5 players next year. Um, I had several people in college athletics tell me like there's going to be a lot of like bad players entering the portal because – Unfortunately, like players get run off in college football. And as Tom said, I, that is actually why the 25 cap was initially created. So mm-hmm. schools couldn't bring in new players every year and cut the players that weren't working out. And I think we're only going to see more of that if the 25 player cap lifted again. So there was a lot of processing this week. Absolutely. And there's definitely a lot of players just kind of throwing their hands up in the air because they're not going to have a spot at the end of all of this because their school forced them out. Question for everybody, not just for you, Hummer. Because of this, with that idea of, you know, the 85 limit instead of 25 per class and possibly seeing more players pushed out, is there a chance that with the money coming in now, we just see kind of a scholarship increase? You know, like we we went back, you know, they, they originally put these caps on to like limit some schools from being able to hoard like every single player in the country to allow, you know, just to quote unquote bring parity to the sport. But really hasn't done that. So is there a chance that we're going to see instead of an 85 scholarship limit, schools, if they want, could have 100 players on scholarship. And that way that maybe keeps them from having to force people out. Maybe, but I think it's a long way down the line. Just when we had Dot on, he kind of alluded to this, but I think what's going to happen first is that they'll probably go like full scholarships, baseball, full scholarship, softball, um, like if if they have the whole P five breakaway thing or whatever you know new division breakaway, I think they're going to go full scholarships for Olympic sports first before they expand even more to football. Assuming they keep scholarships, yeah, right. Eventually, they might just have like Pay. here's teams sponsored by Ohio mm-hmm. State, you know, and they're just employees. I'm actually happy um, you bring that up because I think a lot of people who follow college sports don't understand that aside from football and basketball, most of the student athletes aren't on total scholarships; they're partial scholarships. Yeah. Unless you're a baseball player at Vanderbilt. Unless you're a baseball player at Vanderbilt, yeah. Oh, wait, Van- Vandy's full scholarship? I mean, Vandy's just a minor – they're like a minor league affiliate at this point. They're just churning guys out so quick. <laughs> and they're the second-best team in their state this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they just churn dudes out. They're, they're like a real, you know, legit baseball program. That dude threw 105 and a half the other night. Like, I, I'm assuming that gun was juiced, but by, like, I don't know how much. That, that's crazy. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Top names in the transfer portal from the post, uh, like post-Christmas, post, uh, you know, post being in for spring deadline. Who are we still looking at? The most impactful guys to jump in if you've just been hibernating for the last couple months, you haven't been paying attention to the transfer portal. Maybe you're a college football fan who just you know, watches the games more. You don't really follow this on a day-to-day basis, which you should at 24-7 Sports, and you should like and subscribe to our videos here at the Cover 3 College Ball Podcast. Um, who are the names that you think really are going to impact the sport who have jumped in um, you know, recently and, and you know, kind of post, um, post-spring? um in terms of guys that are still available or just guys in general i let's let's start with still available uh i mean jordan addison's the big name um i don't think he's the best receiver in college football but he's in the conversation um he's gonna be a first round pick most likely in a year um so wherever he ends up is he's gonna make a major difference um i've heard usc like everybody else texas is absolutely in there his former wide receivers coach Brennan Marion at Pittsburgh is now at Texas. He's there. I've heard a lot of Alabama buzz. I know that Bryce Young thing that happened yesterday got the internet rolling, but I, I was hearing even before Jordan Addison went in the portal that if somebody like Jordan Addison goes in, like Alabama would definitely like a crack because I know they're taking two receivers so far, but I, I don't think they're confident they have like an alpha alpha they had with Jameson Williams last year. Georgia absolutely needs a receiver, but I don't know. Um, how attractive playing with Stetson Bennett is if you're Jordan Addison. <laughs> Another <laughs> hate. What? Wow. The comment wow. section tells me it's extremely attractive, Hummer, and he's very good. National championship winner, quarterback, of course. Um, haters. Sorry, sorry to Stetson Bennett. Um, but, yeah, Miami definitely needs a receiver. They'll be in there. But I think it's going to come down to USC, Texas, and Bama if they choose to really push their way into the picture. Um, the other Do you really- guys think he's he's not already signed and just waiting it out so it doesn't look like tampering? Like Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, I yeah. mean, I've had some people speculate that, absolutely. So 
Because um, like, there's definitely been some stories that we'd heard about. It was like, okay, this guy might visit here and he might visit there. I'm like, well, if he does, he's going just pure like old school bag collecting because the NIL deal to this school is already done, done. I've absolutely heard one Power 5 school um, that is paying a lot of money for players right now that has told multiple players just to take visits so it doesn't look like they can. Like, it is, it is absolutely happening, and it's happening quite frequently. Um, so that is, that is a real possibility to Jordan Addison. Um, USC was the school I heard, like, mul- like, days before he even went in the portal. That was something we were looking into. So um, I would just keep that in mind. Um, the other name I would really focus on that's available right now is Jermaine Lowell. People probably aren't as familiar with him. He's from Arizona State, defensive tackle. He was actually, we made a list of the top 50 players in college football going into the season. He was like number 46 on my list, I think. Um, He's one of the best players in the Pac-12. He was just hurt all year last year. Um, He told our Arizona State side, actually, that he's going in to explore NIL opportunities um, on the record. So USC is another school, is the school I've heard with him quite a bit as well. So USC could get the top two players in the portal, potentially, in my opinion. He should consider Illinois because we have nil money and a need on the interior of the defensive line so you know just saying just saying there's lots of nil opportunities i make a lot of money on this podcast buddy just just letting that out there unlimited Tom, your experience do a lot of people move from arizona to illinois because i kind of feel like they move yeah. from illinois to arizona definitely like, no the other way around a lot of people can't take that dry heat and they're like you know what i want some snow and some cloudy days <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the uh, one other guy that uh, we might be forgetting is J- Jalen Robinson, receiver from UCF. I know he's looking at uh, Tennessee right now. He's looking at TCU. Um, I know Georgia has kind of dipped their foot in there, making a visit from him. But uh guy that was really explosive under Josh Heupel in 2020 and, and didn't get a lot of time with Gus Malzahn last year. You know, what he did, he – had 18 catches, like 300-something yards. But, uh, you know, big play threat. Speedy guy. I got a broad-based question, and maybe Bud or Hummer or any of you guys can answer. Because I've heard this alluded to, like, NIL rights, as opposed to, like, some of these deals that are happening under the table. Like, let's say Jordan Addison did sign some sort of endorsement deal or NIL deal. It's not with USC, so couldn't he burn USC? and go somewhere else and play somewhere else and and maybe even get money on top of what he's already getting could you do that i'll let the lawyer answer that question yeah <laughs> it look it depends on the contract language but mm-hmm. from what i've heard what some schools are doing is basically hey you come here and certainly i think the the the, uh, the spire sports with tennessee that the athletic reviewed um like you're signing over the entirety of your endorsement rights. So like you basically have a non-compete with anybody else. Uh, so for instance, you can't assign it to a school, but you could assign it to a market. Like maybe, you know, Los Angeles Boys and Girls Club. And we'd like you to do appearances at uh, you know, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and then also like 4 p.m on a Wednesday and you make it times that are just extremely inconvenient uh, for somebody living in Austin, Texas to be able to fulfill that contract. Um, so that's kind of the way that I think if you're smart, you write these things. Um, that's what, that, that's what I was referring to as far as like already locked up. Now look, Hey man, there's nothing stopping another school from taking a kid who's already got a, a full fledged NIL deal 
from dropping a sack of poker chips or, you know, just, hey, oh, 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 oh crypto wallet just Cash. happened to fall out. Yeah, right. Um, but as far as like legal stuff that you can wash and, and pay taxes on, um, you, yeah, they, these collectives can own the entirety of your rights if that's how they write the deal. Do you think that they still pay in gold bars? Because like, I don't <laughs> what school is most likely to pay in gold bars? Because I just don't know, like if I don't, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a geriatric millennial. I just don't trust the crypto. So it's like, I, it's too volatile for me. I just want something safe and solid, like a gold bar. <laughs> Texas is famous for having all the gold, all the money that's not in the Vatican. So I feel like Texas would probably be your best bet. So Mathis was a crypto guy. They were offering gold. That's what happened. Yeah, the wires <laughs> just got crossed, you know? Like, not everybody can be a Spencer Dinwiddie out there. <laughs> I, I, I think the comments are right here. It probably is Notre Dame. Like the school most likely oh, to man. use gold True. bars. Yeah, that's a fair point. They hide it in the helmets, those sneaky <laughs> Just replica helmet, melt it down. Oh, man. So other names that we maybe, well, is there anybody else left in the portal who we think will really move the needle? Uh, and then who are some guys who have recently committed that you know, maybe the casual college ball fans don't, know about or didn't recognize but who could really have a real impact on this season um left in the portal like gary bohannon maybe um baylor's former starting quarterback um he visited missouri over the weekend i think missouri's in really good shape for him um they've been looking for a quarterback the entire offseason uh missed on jt daniels missed on another one that i'm blanking off the top of my head so Jayden Daniels. i'm sorry Jaden daniels as well yeah and Jaden daniels yeah um, so to get him in and have an experienced arm in that room could make a difference in the SEC East, I suppose. Um, so that's one. Um, Jordan, are there any guys that have committed recently that you like really stick out in your mind? I, my brain is kind of a mush from the last like, couple weeks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, Brew McCoy obviously is headlines, but you know what's left there mentally, and then obviously he has all the physical tools. Um, I think Rue, by the way, is going to be really good. I think if he yeah. has a good year, he can still easily be a day two pick in the NFL draft if he's got all the physical tools in the world. And I've heard he's like doing very well, like mentally, and he's ready to play. So um, I would I would watch for Brew McCoy to replace Phyllis Jones very or very efficiently. There you go. Um, bear. Trying to think of any any other guys that really move the needle. Um, I mean, like Hummer was saying, this most recent wave and. And, Bud, we, we actually talked before we went on. Um, I think a lot of it is just coaching staffs, you know, running guys into the portal and, you know, just kind of trying to get them out of the program. Awesome. Which, uh, which schools would you say have done the best job with the portal? And both in terms of, obviously, quality of the hall uh, that they got, but also is there anybody – oh, Hummer, yeah. Sorry, I, I should mention Eric Gentry, another yeah, Arizona, Arizona State player, State. Yep. went to USC. Like he is, he's he's still like he's still putting on weight, but in terms of like twitchiness off the edge and attributes, like that guy's a freak. And I think he's going to be really good for USC next year. Like put him next to um, Corey Foreman potentially, and they're going to have a really dangerous pass rush. So USC um, has managed to get uh, much better through the portal, and I don't think they're done. So that that's a big one. I know McCoy's I kind of need USC to stop. 
because I, I'm going to owe AJ, uh, our, our social manager, a steak dinner if USC wins 10 games in regular season. Yeah, I might, <laughs> just I might owe him a burger. We don't all have blood yeah. money here, but that was the bet I made with him as well. I, I know McCoy's a big name, obviously, for a lot of reasons, but another guy that went to Tennessee came from Ohio State, the cornerback, Andre Turrentine. Like, what's this? Is that somebody that is going to be expected to be starting for Tennessee right away and could be an impactful player? Uh, I I don't think he's going to be expected to start. He's, uh, he's more of a safety than he is a corner, um, safety or nickel. And he was just buried on the depth chart at Ohio State. That happened. Uh, they had, yeah, right. They had a, they had a six-year guy – couple uh fifth year guys uh, at safety and then like a maybe like a retro junior or something um but he played the majority of their spring game i think you know maybe just as goodwill to try and get some stuff on film and uh i know tennessee went after him pretty hard immediately so I, i'm i'm guessing they think he can make an impact pretty quickly i don't know if that's in a starting role um at least not at safety i mean tennessee's got some guys that um uh, trayvon flowers Jalen mccullough that are you know, three-year starters at safety. So he may he may push for playing time, but I don't know if he's starting right away. It may still be a project. I think I think like a guy like Corey Kiner, who went from LSU to Cincinnati, could be their next Jerome Ford at running back. I think they were very excited to get him. Um, going back a little bit, Tyro Harrell going from Louisville to Alabama. Um, certainly some allegations of tampering are going on there, but Tyro Harrell is like a legitimate, like legit four two five guy. Mm-hmm. So that speed's going to help Alabama immensely. Marquise Irving went from Minnesota to Oregon. Irving's the type of guy who could be running back one at Oregon next year. Um, he played quite a bit for Minnesota this year and was pretty good. So those are those are some recent names that I'm remembering now. That I'm going through the last couple of weeks. So. Um, not a ton of names out there that'll make a huge impact on the season, but there have been some notable. Are there any, uh, are there any teams that you feel like who have done a really good job figuring out the sweet spot, like who we can actually get, you know, back channeling, I'm not saying tampering, but just knowing who to get on right when they get in the portal uh, and maybe some underappreciated portal halls that filled needs and um, you could really improve their stakes. Everybody kind of knows LSU and USC and, and, Ole Miss, and we'll talk about them. But is there any sort of down ballot candidates that that have impressed y'all? I liked Kentucky quite a bit, honestly. I think Kentucky's done a really nice job in the portal. Like obviously, Wadnell Robinson's gone, but they brought in Javon, uh, Javon Baker from Alabama, who couldn't potentially play in the slot. They also brought in um, Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech, who I love. One of the most versatile players in the ACC. Um, one of the best punt returners in the ACC. I think it's going to be great for them. Um, they also brought in some help along the offensive line because they needed it. Um, they were replacing four or five starters. So I think Kentucky this offseason put itself in a position to, again, be in that eight to 10 win range thanks to some of its additions in the portal. So I, I don't know about everybody else, but I, I really liked what Kentucky did. Uh, Louisville also had a pretty good haul. Um, I know, at least with Tyler Harrell gone, the uh, receiver they brought in from, I think it was Missouri State, uh, Tyler Hudson. I know, uh, you know, just from listening to summer school, they they kind of expect him to be the uh, the number one guy there, and then brought in a bunch of cornerback depth. Uh, Jaden Williams from USC, um, Quincy Riley from MTSU, uh, Bud Jarvis Brownlee from uh, Florida State. So, <laughs> um, I really like how they've been restocked. I was gonna say that's a team that could certainly use an influx in the secondary after what I've seen the last few years. No doubt about it. What's your favorite portal class? Mine? Sure. 
Sure. Uh, Alabama, because they got probably three of the best players in the country at their position to come to Alabama. It's it's a pretty ridiculous class. Um, if you're talking about off the radar, I think a school like SMU has done a really good job. But I, mm-hmm. I think without question, the best portal class is Alabama. Like they just they added three of the players in the country um, via the portal. And what they're doing is kind of ridiculous. So definitely. Them. I'm glad you went there. Uh being that they did take Tyler Steen from Vanderbilt and not that you can't get good players from Vanderbilt, but in doing these summer school series uh, episodes that I've been doing, I'm like, Hey, what position might they continue to pursue throughout the summer in the portal? And everybody's like, Oh, offensive tackle. It's like, mm, okay. So everybody needs one. Bama's <laughs> dipping down to take a kid from Vanderbilt. Uh, what positions are you finding that schools are more able to take in the portal? Uh, and, and which positions are, uh, are less likely to be able to like be filled with quality um well sorry offensive line which is interesting i guess like some live news like i thought we were done with transfer portal stuff but willie allen i don't know if anybody remembers him he was an all-conference ulm and attack then he went to michigan then he was at oh, umass okay. he just went in the portal so maybe maybe that's a hail mary for somebody who really needs offensive line help because i know for a little bit michigan thought he was going to help and it didn't really work out that way um but offensive line and defensive line are by far the hardest positions to find quality players at. I had a player personnel director tell me the other day that it's kind of the opposite of what you would expect with NIL because there are so many quarterbacks, wide receivers, and skill position players available, and those guys get all the attention because they have the football in their hands. But the most valuable thing in the portal and the people like technically with NIL that are worth the least are the big guys in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And there's just so few good ones that the schools are – either a paying a premium to keep them there or b like selling them hard on like getting developed and drafted where they already stayed so there just aren't enough of those guys to go around where even with an alabama like tyler steen is one of the best players in the portal at tackle and he's probably not he's probably what like top 50 tackle in college football maybe like based on his previous production so like there's a difference between what you can get at the skill positions and what you can get along the lines of scrimmage. Yeah, I also think too, just on the offensive line side of things, like with a quarterback or a receiver or a running back, they're highly rated or you know they, they come to a school thinking they're gonna get playing time. Most offensive linemen out of high school understand that at most programs, like there are some guys who are gonna play right away. But for the most part, they understand that the first year or two they're on campus, they're not playing. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be working out. They're going to be getting in shape to play in a couple of years. So it's like they're not really looking to enter the portal as quickly because they knew from the start that it wasn't going to be a thing that we're just jumping in and on the starting left tackle at Alabama. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.